New list of demands from the residents who live in East Palestine, Ohio. For months, they have complained of mysterious illnesses, found dead animals, and are concerned about their water supply. You were at this town hall, I understand. Who wasn't there is also of note. Nobody from a government agency, no one from Norfolk Southern. They aren't willing to listen to residents. They aren't willing to listen to the community. I have been experiencing extremely sore throat, terrible, terrible headaches, extreme fatigue. I had eye pain. Some of these homes even still have a chemical smell in them. Is anybody even going to still be trying to help us? What's the next step? This is derailment disaster, crisis in East Palestine. Josh Miley with you, Priscilla Watson, Jared Watson as well. If you're here, you've heard the stories. You've gone down the path with us. You now know what's happening in East Palestine and you know about the people. Bringing in Jared and Priscilla now. Guys, overall experience and vibe in East Palestine. You've been down there a lot. You've covered this. How are the people now today as we speak? Hmm. Um, still worried. Still not getting answers. Still having symptoms. And there's also some, some division that's crept its way in. A lot of folks want to get back to life want to have this big comeback and I understand why they would want that, but I think it's causing a bit of a rift between them and some folks who are still dealing with some ongoing issues and the legitimate worries that they have about the air, the soil and the water. Unanswered questions all around Priscilla. What about you? You've, you talked to people quite a bit. How are you getting reactions from the community? I'm hearing the same things that Jared was just speaking about. I've been in close contact with probably half a dozen residents just over the past week. And it seems to me that a lot of their issues are sort of increasing as time goes on. So in elevation and symptoms, in one of the episodes you heard, Jessica Connor talk about how the contamination has reached her well. And these are the kinds of things that are creeping in now. Was there any resolution with Jessica? <laughs> it's get, no, no, no. Her situation's getting worse, Josh. Um, she went to the Norfolk Southern Assistance Center to try to get her filter paid for, the one that they recommended she get, and they blew her off. She was escorted out by police. I didn't clarify that in the episode. But she was angry, and she stood up. And she called out a few things and she was escorted out. And so that level of frustration, I could only imagine because I saw the photos of her tub and I saw the photos of the sludge. And so it's, it's mind boggling that she has to go, as we've talked about, to her abuser and say, please, will you pay for my well filter and have to beg like that? I mean, that's, that's inhumane. And it wasn't cheap. This filter cost her $5,000. This was a filter that they recommended, and they told her to bring in her receipts, and she did. And then she was turned away. Yeah, and it's it's shocking, right? Because we hear numbers like $30 million getting flooded into that community, and you think, well, then that's a $5,000 ticket that gets picked up by it. Isn't that what the money should be paying for? But it's not what is what has happened from the reporting that you guys have done. Listen, we're, we're going to go deep into some more things with, with the people of East Palestine here in the next few minutes. 
how are you two doing? The overall experience of doing this, the emotions I've seen you wear on your faces as you were putting these episodes together, how are you two coming out of this? What's different in your psyche and mentality from February 2nd to now as we sit here at the end of May, early June? I've cried a lot out of reflecting and, and hearing these stories because when I sit there and I do an interview and I, and I collect this information, that's one thing that's difficult. But then when you edit and try to tell that story and in a 20 minute episode and give it the justice it deserves, considering it's not getting justice anywhere else, that takes a, a toll because I'm listening to these words repeatedly. They are burning into my brain and that emotionally is a lot to do. I think it's important to do, so I'm willing to do it because I'm not here to try to get people to just feel bad or to just feel sorry or to just feel like this is a hopeless situation. I'm trying to get people to realize that we need some change. And I'm doing that not through manipulating, but through sharing the truth and just trying to do it in a way that gives the story justice. And Priscilla, I know I've seen you wear the emotion of this over the past few weeks as well. I've cried a lot. Um, we're in we're in contact with people from East Palestine almost daily, and it's really hard to see just good people struggle so much. And I don't want to make this about me because it's not about me. It's about it's about what they're going through. How are you supposed to feel when you're looking at somebody's photos that they text you because all of a sudden the night prior, their child has their first nosebleed that will not stop and just blood everywhere. And then you you come to find out that there were five other children in the middle school that day that also had nosebleeds. Massive no nosebleeds, not just like you know, blood trickling out. I mean, puddles of blood from a nosebleed. And I have photos of the aftermath of some of those. It's, it's really disturbing. The rashes, the nosebleeds, the eye irritations that were being sold as, as conjunctivitis, but antibiotics aren't fixing these things. It's not, it's not a bacteria. It's chemical irritation. Like, you don't, the correlations are all there. For some reason, the agencies that are supposed to be finding the causation are doing a piss poor job of that. Well, and that'll lead us into what's been unresolved, what may happen next here. Let's start with the what's been unresolved, what's still kind of left out there. Where is the town with everything now? Like I said, we've heard Norfolk Southern is bringing some money in. They're doing certain things. What are they doing? What's been left undone? Where are the gaps in closure here? Well, we know that Norfolk Southern is stamping their name all over the town. They're, they're basically branding East Palestine as like little Norfolk Southern. They've sponsored their annual street fair and paid for that. So they're doing all the feel goods, right? It would be better served to going toward paying for well filters, helping people move who want to move. It still goes to that question of why is Norfolk Southern in the driver's seat with all of this? Why? It doesn't make sense. Because I've watched all of this unfold. And the EPA puts the sugar coating on it. They created a video to advertise their booth at the street fair. And it's on YouTube. And I, all I could do is laugh. 
And the reason I bring this up, Josh, is because I've worked with some of the folks doing the independent testing, and they've done this for a long time. And Andrew Welton, of course, is one of them. He's very logical. And he's sitting here saying he doesn't understand how these inconsistencies aren't being addressed between what the EPA is saying and the fact that people are legitimately getting sick. And that included him, that included CDC contractors, that included federal government employees. Andrew doesn't understand why they're not working with the Agency for Toxic Substance and Disease Registry, which falls under the CDC, in a more impactful way, trying to figure out what's at the root of these things. Because if we don't get that information now, you're never going to get it. And it's going to be another thing down the road that, I mean, basically, again, Norfolk Southern gets to take full advantage of this. Well, I think the fear is if there are long-term health ramifications and this gets quote unquote cleaned up tidy by the end of the year, people with those ramifications are going to have a tough time having those covered when they did nothing outside of lived in the wrong place at the wrong time. You want to talk about wrong place, wrong time. How about the people that live outside of the one mile radius that is apparently the imaginary wall of how far the extent of this has affected people, which we know for a fact is simply untrue. There's people at three, less than three miles away dealing with symptoms, feeling ignored. An independent researcher came in, ran the tests, found dioxins. So, yeah, they feel validated, but what does it matter? They're outside the one-mile mark. Congratulations, folks. You're handling this just superbly all around. So what's next? What action steps over summer? When we started this, I didn't think there was a chance in hell I was going to want to do any more than what was already basically as full a plate as I've ever had in covering an event and doing something like this. And it's probably the most important thing I've ever done. But I don't know that we can close the door. I, I, we're, too, we're too invested. Now, we have other projects that we're working on that will continue to tell this story. So if we can balance it all and we can do that, then we will. I just, I just don't know how we could stop talking about it. That's all. I, I don't know how. Well, and Priscilla, you said, you know, you speak with people in East Palestine almost every day. I mean, that means new stories are going to come in that, that frankly, probably need to be told, right? That's right. I mean, I would say almost every day I learn something new from someone who lives there. And I think as time goes on, there will be more stories there. Like Jared said, we're invested. We will want to tell them. I don't think it ends here. Well, you guys picked a logical stopping point, I think. You know, a good first act to the story, so to speak. And listen, we, we can't forget that we sit here on the precipice of June, and this just happened in February. So I just want to say yeoman's effort to you both for getting this turned around and out so quickly. Uh, anybody who's a podcaster that's listening will know and understand how big of a feat that is, especially when we're saying we're not a national organization. We were a mighty trio. And when it came down to editing a, a mighty single shooter in Jared. So again, kudos for that. We've avoided this last thing for a while, but I think it's, you know, here at the end, good to get it out. If people want to help East Palestine, best ways that they can do that, where do they donate money? Where do they go to find information? How do they get inroads to the town if they just want to be part of the solution? I think that, I think that if you can find a way to donate to Andrew and his team of researchers 
And, you know, I should be calling him Dr. Andrew Welton. He deserves that. Dr. Welton has basically run up a six-figure bill without having any funding. And that's the catch-22 of it is. He couldn't get the research funding because the people who would give him the research funding were looking at the data from the EPA saying everything was okay. So figure that out. So he has been coming back and forth from Purdue University to do this work, taking people's well samples and their dirt samples and, and, and giving them answers and risking himself. Again, he, he's been sick. To donate to that cause, you would go to Purdue University's website. So purdue.edu. There is a, a place on Purdue's website where you can click to go and to donate money. And then an organization within East Palestine that is legitimate and they are using their funds to help people is the East Palestine Community Foundation. Guys, thank you so much. We set out to tell a story. Honestly, I didn't know where it was going to go, how this was going to take on the life that it did. Thank you guys for telling the story. Thank all of you out there for listening and continue to follow the story of East Palestine because sure as the trains go through town, this story will be unfolding. Disaster, Crisis in East Palestine is a Calliope Media production. Trust Calliope.com. That's C-A-L-L-I-O-P-E. If you feel moved to do so, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. Special thanks to Benstown McVeigh Media.